my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. This week, we are going to talk about um, how our trauma shuts us down, how it affects us in our relationships. And so it is really important that we understand this if we want to help heal, change, redeem, restore our relationships and um, our how we show up in our relationships because we are the part that we can control. We are the part that we have ownership and accountability for and our experience within our relationships and within our bodies um, is really the most um, the most vital So in this episode, I'm going to talk about the um, fight, flight, and freeze response, which some of you, depending on your backgrounds, depending on how long you've been in this self-care journey, how aware you are of trauma and attachment, you might be like, well, I kind of already know this, but let me tell you, um, that I'm probably going to share some things that you were not aware of because I just learned them myself and I am in this trauma game night and day. So stay tuned and I look forward to hearing your thoughts. For this episode, I do have a co-host with me. You may have already heard him in the background. It is now eight week old Aiden Deshaun. He'll be chiming in when he thinks I make a good point. Um, He'll wake up from his nap to give us a little grunt in the hallelujah choir. So, um, hello, Aiden. Thank you for joining us. But let me come back to us. (laughs) So before we even start, let me talk about what is a trauma. So um, I want to say this may not be recent language, but it's more recent language to me over the last... um, couple of years, um, that when we talk about trauma, we talk about, um, traumas with a big T and traumas with a little T. And so I like to say that a trauma is any significant event that affects your life. And so significant is totally personal to you. So sometimes what gets us caught up is that we say, well, I don't have a right to be upset or wasn't that bad or such and such happened to this person, but it really, um, so I shouldn't, be as upset about what happened to me, but a trauma is anything that significantly affects and impacts your mental, emotional, physical, um, spiritual health and stability. So 
Um, do not feel any shame whenever you have um, something that happened that is still affecting you today, whether it was a day ago, a week ago, several years ago. Um, that's what trauma does. It gets inside of your body. It gets inside of your soul, inside of your spirit. And it takes us actively, sometimes not, but oftentimes it does. It may take us actively um, taking steps to heal and learn and under and what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the opposite of, of intertwine to unwrap and unravel, um, how it is integrated into our life. But with that said, people, um, have been defining, um, two different categories when it comes to trauma, the big T traumas and the little T traumas. And so big T traumas are those that seriously affect your physical body. Um, so things like physical, like serious injury, sexual violence, life-threatening experiences, um, um, car crashes, war, things like that, um, threat of death. Um, also, um, it's said that those of us who help those who have, um, who've been in trauma, um, can also get secondary PTSD. So those of us who are like myself, therapists or paramedics or police officers or people who, um, take the 911 calls who I think are, um, really under, undervalued in how they are constantly under an onslaught of, um, of just constant trauma. Um, of course, those of us who have gone through natural disasters, those type of things are considered big T traumas. Little T traumas are those that, um, may not be life threatening events. So things like emotional abuse, um, the death of a loved one or a pet, um, bullying, harassment, um, loss of relationships, divorce, you know, those type of things that don't physically threaten our body. Now, Here's the thing. My understanding is that um, these two categories are separated because um, the big T's are more likely to result in things like PTSD and the little T's are things that may affect um, just your quality of life and may definitely impact your functioning but it may not be chronic and ongoing. This could just be my misunderstanding and one day I'll come back and correct this episode. Um, but for right now, that's just how I've internalized it. Um, and if that is correct, if my understanding is correct, I don't really like that because when I think about some of the things that have impacted, um, impacted me and impacted the women that I work with, the little T's are, are incredibly incredibly devastating and disruptive to how we see ourselves and how we see the world. So again, things like emotional abuse, um, emotional neglect. So yes, it isn't physically impacting your physical body, but it is definitely, um, integrated in how you see yourself, how you see the world, how you get stuck. Um, what may stop you from taking opportunities, from saying no, from, um, retreating, from fighting, being aggressive, um, isolating, it definitely, it just impacts every part of you. And especially when I think about, um, you know, even the racial trauma, um, that I have, um, and how, how it affected my self identity and how I see the world. Am I black enough? Who's too black? What's, what's, was a good black person, you know, from all the colonization and, um, systemic racism that is directly said and not said that definitely impacted how, um, I saw myself in my life and, um, created complex PTSD, um, symptoms of complex PTSD, which 
I don't think I've talked about specifically on this podcast. Maybe I'll do a separate podcast in the future. In brevity, complex PTSD is when you have prolonged, persistent, long-term, which is what prolonged means, <laughs> exposure to interpersonal trauma. So again, things that may be happening at home, things that happen at school, the bullying, the isolation, um, the emotional neglect, emotional incest, which I talked about in one of our first episodes about being too close to parents or parents wanting to be too close to you and take you on as a surrogate partner or friends and how that definitely impacts you. So those type of things. So all that to say, y'all, as I bring things to mind, and even if you don't have anything that comes to mind now, but it does later, just know that all of your experiences are important and, um, and valued and worthy to be examined and taken seriously. No matter what your mama says, no matter whatever your best friend says, no matter even what your pastor says, you know, that God has redeemed it and it's over now and just let it go. Y'all, it matters and your pain mattered. So let me keep going before I start preaching. So what trauma does is it gets inside of your body. That's why depending on what you do or where you are in your self-help and healing journey, you will hear a lot of people talk about when you're healing your trauma and healing things from your past, they talk about doing body work, um, like yoga or um, even Reiki and some other things, um, um, deep traumatic, um, what's the word? Um, trauma-informed breathing, um, where you kind of notice what's going on in your body and just kind of breathe into it, that kind of stuff. So this isn't some kind of hokey, corny, like new age thing that's coming up, depending on if you have any kind of like bias against those sorts of um, methods and um, philosophies. Um, It's not out of nowhere. And the reason it's not out of anywhere is anytime we have something that scares us, that frightens us, that is a trauma, it will trigger our fight, flight, or freeze response. And for those of you who may be professionals or may have heard this before, um, I want you to stick with me because there's also something I'm going to share after this that I've actually learned very recently. And I'm assuming that if it's new information for me, because I do this all day, every day, it may be new information for you as well. But anyways, whenever something significant happens to us, it will trigger our fight, flight, or freeze response. And so we are either going to run from it, um, we are going to try to fight our way out, or we are going to kind of get frozen and stuck. And the way, the reason that happens is because our bodies um, have our nervous system that controls this. And so if we have either a significant big T trauma or little T trauma or perpetual complex trauma, our nervous system is constantly, okay, am I going to fight? Am I going to run? Am I going to freeze? Am I going to fight? Am I going to run? Am I going to freeze? And our nervous system is connected to our bodies and so it will store information about the times that we had to run, the times we had to freeze, the times that we had to fight. Our bodies remember that. You know, we've heard the phrase muscle memory, muscle response, right? And so even without us thinking, there's an automatic reflex to do things. That same thing, the same occurrence, that same phenomenon will happen with emotional, mental, physical, spiritual traumas. Our bodies, because it responded to what was happening in the moment, will carry that memory with us 
five, 10, 15 years later. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. And that will also trigger our mental responses as well. And we will go and have relationships and interactions from there. So ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. What does that mean? That means say we had a mother who was very intrusive and maybe she shared a whole lot of what was going on with her. Like she talked about her boyfriends or she talked about what's happening at work or with her friends. And it was just very emotionally overwhelming to us. Um, or she just didn't have any boundaries. And so as a young child, there's multiple responses, but say that as a young child, your response was to kind of, kind of, disassociate or go some other place and kind of put up a wall because your mom was flooding you. Like she was telling you too much stuff and you wanted to be there and you wanted to like be available and help, but it was like way too much. 
Um, and so for you to survive as a little girl, for you to not, um, to be able to function, you had to be able to balance having this conversation with mom and responding to her because she might get mad. She might get disappointed. She may get really depressed and that was scary to you. Um, you had to balance being able to be inter to interact with her, but also have some kind of wall and some kind of, um, defense mechanism because she was giving you too much. And so as a little girl, you've learned how to balance being in a relationship, but not really being in a relationship, being there for people, but keeping your wall up and keeping some stuff for yourself. Right. Um, and so what happens and the way that carries into adulthood is not only that learns kind of way of like being in a relationship that when you get into healing programs or when you get into, um, um, places where your therapist, or if you are part of learn to thrive, um, our, our program that helps you unlearn these things, what happens is you logically know that you need to let your wall down with people that you have a wall up when they're trying to tell you emotional things, but because in your body, your body has learned that when people tell you things that is too much emotionally, that seems like it could be overwhelming your body automatically puts this wall up. You, you automatically, you automatically, maybe you might physically brace. Um, maybe you might start to feel tension in your jaw. Maybe you might start to um, feel um, your legs shake or may start to sweat or your stomach hurts, but your body is like, Oh hell, they're about to tell us too much and we can't handle that. So your body shuts you down. And so that makes all the logical things that you know that you need to do unhelpful because you can't push past that because it's too scary. Even though you're like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm going to do this. I want a friend. As soon as you get there, you're like, no, that's okay. And you go the other way. Right? So this is how trauma shuts you down until you do a full holistic body response and cleansing. Um, all those things that you're, you're reading and kind of, um, Stack, stacking up on and, um, all the tools you're doing outside of it, they're great. I'm not telling you that they're like completely, um, useless, but I'm saying it's incomplete. Um, so I want to encourage you that as you are doing your healing journey, that you actively look at healing your trauma and that it also needs to be integrated with your healing relationships, um, and what you're learning. So you know, if you've watched any of the master classes, um, I give you a lot of information at the beginning and then I talk about learn to thrive at the end. And one of the things that I talk about with learn to thrive and why it's so important and whatever you decide to do, whether or not you become a student or you're like, I kind of got my own processes on your own, whatever you decide to do, one of the biggest mistakes that people make is that they try to do their healing in parts. Um, and this is a mistake that I made myself that, um, made my journey longer and made it more frustrating. Um, it also made it incomplete. And so for a while I was trying to do like some family work and like, you know, just, just work on that. But I didn't know how to bring like my own healing with my family stuff into my everyday life. I didn't know what that meant for like, um, having a voice or, how this integrated with how I saw myself or romantic relationships or my own self-loathing <laughs> that I had to heal, you know, and then there are other people who may just go top down with, um, teaching you 
relationship um, relationship um, systems or um, that's not the right word um, communication styles and um, you could try to do that but that's the same thing as what I was talking about before you'll go and have all these methods and um, and steps to take but when it comes to actually implementing it you will be very scared or it will be very temporary and then it'll be very easy to go back to what you did before so you have to hit all of these different places at the same time you have to have this very um kind of musical rhythmic dance and process to it to make sure that you get to the other side that you get the goal that you're trying to to reach whatever it may be whether it is being able to um, let your walls down and trust people more, whether it is to stop automatically going towards trying to make people happy. Oh, that's what I forgot. So remember I said at the beginning of this episode a few minutes ago, um, cause this is a shorter episode that there was something that I learned recently that I didn't know was part of this fight, flight and freeze response. And what that is, is that there's actually a fourth response that totally just like blew things out of the water for me. And it made so much sense. Um, and the fourth response, there's fight, flight, freeze, and appease. And what appeasing is, is anytime that something or someone is a threat that you try to appease it and make it feel better, um, or make them feel better. And that is a form of protecting yourself. So again, fight, flight, and freeze are all ways that your body automatically goes into to try to protect you from whatever the harm is, whether it's a fire, whether it's someone who's um, making fun of you and that's really painful, whether or not someone is going to abandon you and that's really painful. What appeasing does is exactly what it says. It is where you try to get them to stay or you get them to calm down um, to, to reduce the threat level. So appeasing could be alcoholic parent, alcoholic father comes home and the way that you appease, because you can tell that this may be another night that he is going to go on a bender. You may try to um, distract him and crack jokes or, um, you know, change the topic to kind of get, get the escalation that you see that's going on away. And so you carry that appeasement into adulthood and that's one of your go-to responses. Whenever you see conflict or drama happening, you try to appease it. Um, someone gets mad at you and you stand up for yourself and you say how you feel. Um, and then you've learned early on from childhood that whenever people are mad at you or whenever you stand up for yourself, they get mad at you and there might be a big blowback from it. Maybe they may, um, may become verbally abusive or maybe they may stonewall you and withdraw love and affection. And that's really painful to you as a little girl. And so you've learned that you appease people by, you might say how you feel, but you may take it back really quickly, or you may minimize what you actually feel or something that I've noticed. Um, that is this something that I personally did. Yeah, I think so. Um, Sometimes I have to go through my Rolodex and my own like <laughs> coping responses. But something that I've noticed that happens with um, with a lot of people is that they may go into kind of like this childlike, like um, 
baby voice or, um, you know, try to like get very mousy and say how you feel, but get very small and, um, say like almost apologetically, like, I'm sorry to have to bring this up, but such and such happened. And I know this is an inconvenience and you might not have, um, wanted to do this. And I'm so sorry that I have these feelings, you know, all of that, right? This is all appeasement. This is all a way to make the threat go away. So all that to say, I want you to be mindful, to validate your own pain, to actively work towards healing it, to be aware of the times that you may go into fight, flight, or freeze response and what it may look like for you. Um, Is the fight looking like rage? Is it looking like you are distracting yourself um, because it's getting you away from the trigger or like what's going on in your mind and you're just trying to like get away from it? Just notice what it may be for you. So if you enjoyed this episode, if you um, just want to share the world about Black Girls Heal in general, tag me. Let me know you're out there. Let me know who's listening um, and let other people find us as well. Um, and our Instagram handle is at Black Girls Heal. And then follow us as well if you're not already following us. As always, leave us a five-star review on iTunes so that people can find us as well. And let me know how this podcast has been impacting you and serving you. Um, It is my pleasure to give this as a gift. That is it for this week. I love you all so much and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.